Hi, and welcome to the podcast today. We've missed a couple of days. I've got some extra responsibilities. Um, I've been doing the night show on 93.5 WRQN. A lot of songs that were uh, I was a very little boy for, or uh, I wasn't even born yet. Um, also, back in the week here, pretty busy. Not one, but two guests today, including... Um, the long-awaited return, and I apologize if you were a fan of her visits. I apologized to her, um, and my schedule's just been nutty, uh, whether it's just been a lot to get to with the podcast and a lot to talk about, or guests as we'll have, um, but I haven't been able to connect with Janet Amid, so Janet will be on after our first duo of guests, mother and son, Nikki Licata, who I met about 13 months ago. Uh, somebody here at work was like, hey, can you have her on? She's got a mental health veterans thing going on. Can you? Yep. I'll check into it. Um, Nikki's powerful story of losing her son in the armed services in the army uh, far away in Alaska. Christian took his life. Um, his brother, Brandon, who will also be on, um, was spiraling. Uh, it, it was it was not good. And, and Brandon is thoughtfully, pensively going to share a lot of that um, here. And hopefully you'll put right now, September 10th on your calendar. Um, It's Nikki's walk, the run for life. Uh, Christian's corner is the foundation. And let's hear about that. And then we'll jump right into Janet Amid afterwards. Um, I'd like to welcome Nikki Licata and her son, Brandon Jones. It's Jones, right, Brandon? Correct. Correct. I wanted to make sure I got, I want to get names right. That's my rule. Um, thank you guys for taking some time. Let's jump right into it because we've got something coming up on September 10th. Uh, Nikki, tell me about Christian's Corner. Christian's Corner was founded after I lost my son to suicide in December of 2020. Uh, Christian was active military serving in the army and based in Anchorage, Alaska. And uh, you know, while we all know that we're losing many, many veterans to suicide, I don't think people are fully aware of the amount of active military um, that take their own lives. Uh, and so... You know, once something comes up and smacks you in the face that way, you start digging into the data and you realize that this isn't something that we can ignore. We have to get up and do something about it. And so I, along with Brandon, thought we can either drop to our knees and not get back up or we can come back up and we can come out fighting. And we are doing something positive in Christian's memory and uh, intend to help veterans or anybody for that matter that are dealing with mental health crisis. Um, But our focus is on veterans and active military and supporting them, their families, and uh, just getting out there and making sure that people are aware of what's going on and finding resources to help themselves. Um, We'll talk a little bit about what's happening on September 10th and what we can look forward to uh, with that in a a moment. Brandon, um, not to take you down a a dark path, especially where I I think you're in a better place now, but what was your initial reaction when you found out the news uh, about Christian? I know that that set you you pretty sideways, but but walk me through that a little bit and and how maybe low you got and how you were able to pick yourself up out of that. Um, yeah, I just w- want to say that this was something that nobody saw coming. This was not something that I ever considered for my brother. Uh, Christian kind of represented the, you know, he was the leader of my uh, generation in the family. And losing him in that way was so debilitating to my outlook on life. And from there, I had to keep doing what I had to do as far as work, but my mental health was continually declining until I got to a point where I knew that I either had to stand up create a drastic change uh, from this negative uh, mindset 
um, which, you know, was only furthered by incidents of addiction and alcoholism. Um, and, you know, that was about six months of just spiraling down. And I made the choice in my therapist's office that I was going to make a huge change. Um, and I went through mental health treatment. I went through six months of sobriety and therapy and eventually got to a point where I could stand on my own two feet again and find out really who I am and what to take away from this situation, how to process losing my brother um, in a way that will benefit my life for his sake. So I know that Christian wouldn't want any of us to be on the ground. Um, so this foundation is a part of that spark to bring positivity and growth from an extremely traumatic experience. And hope, too. Um, hope can be a, a four-letter word, but you've taken all the steps to get yourself into nobody's in a perfect place. Not not in the last two and a half years of what many of us have been through, no. um, but but you're, def- you're definitely in a better place. Um, and we are tight on time here, but thanks for walking us through that. And, and Nikki, I, I've got to ask you, um, I don't know if we talked about this last year. We have since then, but how concerned with what Brandon just, the picture he just painted, how concerned were you about losing a second son? I was terrified. I mean, I I was barely able to deal with the loss of one son, and I could uh, see the other one declining right in front of me. You know, Christian was based in Alaska, so I couldn't see it, and I was totally blindsided by it. And here, the, the other only thing that was that close to my heart and the center of my life was my other son. And I couldn't pull him out myself. So I started taking him to therapy with me, and he really didn't want to go. It was like looking at an empty shell. Like his his whole being had gone. And it wasn't just his mental health. It was his physical health. He was not eating. He was drinking. And it was when we went to the therapist's office, and I knew it was it was desperate measures at that point. And it's only, only, and I want everyone to know this, that feels that they, they can't move beyond this point. It is only because Brandon made a conscious choice that day, not because he wanted to hear what the therapist said, not because he felt he owed it to me, but because he owed it to himself to live his life to its full extent. And he made a choice to do that. He didn't know how he was going to do it, but he knew he wasn't going to travel the same road as his brother. And he was almost there with him and had told me that's where he wanted to be. Brandon, um, how how much did seeing your mom in, in different levels of terror, in fear of losing you, how much of that was a motivator to get yourself where you are now? Because I probably told you, Nikki, maybe you, Brandon, when we had a conversation maybe last fall, I was very fortunate when I started going down the path of battling my demons. I was very fortunate when the first things I learned was if you take your life other people will be devastated. And from that moment on, my dad became my tent pole. Whenever those suicidal thoughts would creep in, um, I would think of how devastated he would be if I were not here anymore. Brandon, what about those thoughts for you when it came to your mom? So, first of all, my mom isn't just my mom. She is a great mom. And she has lived for the success of Christian and I. So with that being said, um, I couldn't, it, it's very hard uh, to see my mom struggling with losing Christian and seeing the effect that losing Christian had on her. I, you know, it's, If I may just just go back to, you know, the fact that my mom is a great mom. Christian and I loved our mom for who she was. And 
sorry, Eric. I'm just no, no you're I'm, fine. I'm trying to take your time process it right now. Um, but not wanting my mom to to feel like she was losing me. Essentially, I didn't want my mom to feel the pain that I was feeling. Um, I just wanted her not to worry. And if I'm doing good with my life and I'm living my life to a good end, then I can make her proud. If that, I believe that kind of was in the context of your question. Mm-hmm. Nikki, when Brandon was going through um, therapy, treatment, um, better things, whatever you want to call it, when, when did some of your fear start to subside that he was on a better path and we're, we're going forward? There not, won't always be steps forward, but we're away from some of that darkness from about a year or so ago. Uh, really, it was when he he was making strides. So, you know, in order to change your mind, and I often listen to different motivational speakers. So Earl Nightingale made the statement that uh, the body is a servant to the mind. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, so if you can learn one thing, and that is that you have the ability somewhat to train your mind to think differently. So I think Brandon was learning how to do that. And slowly he gained strength by looking in the mirror at himself and thinking, you know what, I could look better than this. I think I'll go get my hair cut today. And then encouraging him to exercise routinely. I think exercise is a huge part of mental well-being, uh, exercise, and um, just to continue to educate yourself. And once I saw that there was life back behind his eyes, if you look in your child's eyes and there's an emptiness there, then do something about it because there's a reason why you're getting that blank, empty stare. It's like they're looking through you and the feeling is gone. But when his eyes started to engage, when he would smile and get excited about something, um, and honestly, we had activities that we did with Christian. We ran together, we exercised together. All that had dissipated. Um, So when he first said to me, Mom, you want to come for a run with me? And then we were obviously heading towards the 5K last year. Let me tell you that the the pride from when he was hospitalized, and I think it was late March, April, um, with suicidal thoughts. Brandon we're talking about. Yeah. Okay. So late March, April, he went through therapy all summer. September 11th, we had the run last year, and that kid flew. It was... Um, such a special day for many, many reasons. It was about Christian and maybe the loss of Christian, but it was Christian that everybody knew, which was he was full of life and compassion. And we managed to show that during that race. And then for Brandon, with everything that he had been through that nobody really knew except the closest to him, to see him be able to run like that, to smile like that, it's like, yeah, He's making a comeback, and that's why we kind of have the theme this year of, you know, it's not about the fall. It's about how you rise from it. Um, one more question, Brandon, for you. Uh, sorry, I apologize for continually picking it at scabs but and, and scars, but it is helpful to many. Um, one more question, then we'll talk about September 10th. Brandon, give me a nugget or two from therapy, counseling, treatment, whatever you want to call it, um, that you carry with you and maybe you found yourself sharing with others. Um, uh, Just like your mom said, um, Earl Nightingale. Mm -hmm. Um, Just a a nugget of wisdom, Brandon, that you've come across that that really is kind of like your your lodestar and now you're finding it sharing with others like who've been in positions like you've been in. So, yeah. uh, First of all, 
Thank you, Mom. I, I couldn't have said it uh, better myself. It is hard to analyze uh, mental growth. But my biggest takeaways uh, from that entire year um, was, one, it's not fun to go to the hospital and, you know, tell a nurse that you really want to hurt yourself. Um, it's probably one of the, the hardest things I've ever done uh, standing beside my best friend and my mom in the hospital uh, so having the expectation that in order to get better uh, to feel better it, it, it's going to take determination it's going to take determination uh, along the way um it's going to take sacrifice of the things that gave you comfort before anything has to be willing to change. You have to be willing to change anything to get to the place that you need to be, that you don't want to hurt yourself, that you're satisfied with your life, that you are being productive. So that'd be the first thing I have to say is don't expect any part of the journey of healing from past trauma to coping with depression and anxiety. None of that is going to be blissful glee that's got you jumping up and down. Let me ask you something uh, and never trust me when I say one last question because it's usually like four more, but <laughs> I'm just very inquisitive. Um, and this is super analytical. That that is that's a lot easier said than done, and I know that's a a very trite line, um, because I I know as well as anybody where your brain's just telling you certain things, and it's very hard to push back on um, on those things to get yourself in the spot where you can just get a little momentum and push that stuff aside and get back out for a run. So what got you to that point where you could push back against the words and thoughts in your brain so that you could take that big leap? Um, so what got me to the point of making that decision that I was going to the hospital and I was going to start making big changes? Is that kind of the question? A little bit, um, I, I suppose, because there's a it, it's it's hard because the depression, and the anxiety are, are, are lying to you. They're twisting your reality and they get us to believe right. certain things and we, we refuse to act against them. That's why one of the things I often tell people, my nuggets of wisdom is just push back on the inertia. Whatever the depression and anxiety is saying, do the opposite. If it says stay in bed all day, just get the hell out of bed and maybe you'll just get a little bit of momentum to push yourself through and then you've got to, and then you can keep that ball rolling. So was there, what, what, I guess I'll ask the hospital question. What made you decide to go to the hospital and ask for help? Um, it was actually after several weeks of trying to maintain sobriety, trying to change habits and unsuccessfully at that. Um, it was really the, um, the unpleasant truth of, I can't just do this alone. Um, I can't get through this unless I remove myself from the environment that I've been in. The only way that I could do that was with the help of hospital and of course uh, my family to support me as well. Awesome. And I, I did want to mention the second uh, sure. biggest takeaway from my experience through all that, um, which would have been uh, a saying that we've all heard, which is, Pride, become, pride comes before the fall. You know, you get high and mighty and, you know, something might sweep your legs. Um, and my advice is actually the inverse of that, which is letting go of pride comes before great progress. Mm -hmm. Meaning that before I went into the hospital, I had so much... I was so low, but yet I still had the ego to go, no, I can do it on my own. You know, I'm going to keep trying to do it on my own. I don't want to 
embarrass myself by, you know, going to these people and saying, I want to hurt myself and I can't do it alone. And I didn't want to give up that, uh, that drive of, I can do this all on my own. So letting go of pride comes before great progress. You need to, uh, if you haven't already, uh, use your phone, open up the notes app and start uh, marking all of these down because before long, you're going to have a very, very long list. And if you ever lost your phone, you're going to be devastated um, that you lost that one document. So um, thank you for all that. Uh, Nikki, September 10th, what's going on? How can people be involved? Where do uh, the funds go to? What's the, the 411, 411 for all of that? So September 10th initially started as... Let's do a run. And then it was like last year. Well, a lot of people like to walk. So it became a run walk. Well, last year we had the silent auction. We had the pet adoption. You know, for those that don't know, Christian adopted from the Humane Society a pit bull before he went into the army. And when he left, he left his pit bull dog, Babe, behind his babe and he said to his brother you know take care of my babe for me and so Brandon now has babe so at the race we decided okay he's about running he's about saving animals we're gonna do that this year um because we supported hooves last year with their non-clinical therapy for Mm -hmm veterans and first responders for PTSD, we decided to invite hooves to the event because who doesn't like horses, right? And Mm -hmm. horses that do good things. So we have the horses coming. And then uh, the silent auction, I mean, the community community's been really supportive and it keeps growing and growing. We've got everything from a vacation to a barbecue grill to gift certificates. And there was one part... um, well, two parts, really, that we added to that was this ties in with the 9-11 anniversary. Um, So while the 10th is World Suicide Prevention Day, which is the day we wanted to hold the race, we do have 9-11 and we wanted to remember our first responders and those that continue to be there responding first to to whatever we have going on in our life. So we want to honor past and present. So there'll be a remembrance ceremony. We'll have the national anthem sung by um, Carmen Miller, who's uh, actually opening act for Patti LaBelle. Um, we have uh, somebody coming to play the bagpipes, and he'll be, um, his name's Bill Poirier. I actually work with him. And uh, he's going to play Amazing Grace. And then we're going to have the joint service honor guard, uh, there to do the remembrance ceremony. Of course, you're going to be there to. That's re- not a draw re- at all. Rev up the crowd. <laughs> um, let me jump ahead here. It, it's at it's at the Dana World headquarters it is. in in Maumee. Uh Website, Facebook, event page. Where can people go to either get a little bit more info, um, and or more importantly, sign up. So you can go to run, sign up, and search for walk, run, walk for life. And you can sign up at the site there. We also have it posted all over the Christian's Corner Foundation Facebook site. Um, so check that out. We do uh, do some posts to keep you up to speed on what's going on at the event. Um, and, I mean, there's, there's so much. This has turned into an event that just happens to have a race there. Mm-hmm. So even if you don't run, you don't walk. There's the memorial service, there's the entertainment, there's the silent auction, and Gravity Dance Company will be performing to the song that I chose that is kind of the theme song for this year. I've been practicing. practicing. You're going to dance with them? I don't know that I would go that far, but I might get a little jiggy with it in the front row somewhere. Brandon, can your mom dance? Of course you can. <laughs> When's the last time you saw your mom dance? Was uh, was was she doing some TikTok nonsense? And then before you know it, you had to uh, you had to send her to her room. Don't don't tell him that it was with the wine glass last Friday night. Right? Well, look, we could all use, except for maybe you, Brandon. Stay away, whatever, whatever works for you. A little liquid courage to loosen you up, <laughs> to loosen the gears, so you can get down a little bit. Like Lizzo said, need two drinks: one to get up, one to get down. 
Yeah. Um, anything else, Brandon? Is there? Uh, we're we're past. Uh, we're in we're in podcast territory now. Um, is there anything else that you would like to share? Um, maybe as you've gathered some thoughts, or or the 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 thought bubbles have popped open above your head. Anything else you want to share? Now that this is the first time we've actually been able to do this, like uh, recording wise, and, and get other insight out there, things you have been through. Before, before you speak, Brandon, I just want to remind you of one phrase, and I hope this will tell you where you should take this. Who's going to carry the boat? <laughs> yeah. What's that, um, What's that from? Uh, that is from a gentleman named David Goggins, who is a retired Navy SEAL and uh, ultra runner. And David Goggins has a... Kind of a, he has a, a awesome book called "Can't Hurt Me." Uh, David has gone through all kinds of things in his life, uh, personal traumas growing up to um, adversity and perseverance to the military. Uh, he's a guy that has literally run a hundred miles on broken legs, and is just that. He's that reminder that, like my mom said earlier, the body is a servant to the mind. And through, you know, through the therapy process, you start to rewire those neurons firing from your impulse when you see a situation um, like it being, uh, I'm not going to use running, um, because it, for most people, it's daily activity things. Um, like going to work, like I'm too tired to work, this, that, the other. Um, but your mind is like a muscle. And when you stretch it and you do hard things with it, it gets more inclined to believe that you are capable of doing hard things. Whereas before I went into the hospital, I thought the only thing that's going to help me is me. And I just need to stop doing the things that uh, don't do me positive good. Um, but it's really like my legs were... Uh, having ambition were kind of broken where I didn't think that I could run down the street. Like what? I can't run. Like I'm, I've been drinking. I haven't ran in years. I can't do it. Um, and you start stretching your mind to the idea of I'm capable of doing things that I think are impossible. And from that point, really any outcome that you want is just a matter of doing the things to get there. So David Goggins was a huge part in helping me develop my mindset that I can do things that I believe are impossible. And also ties into what you were saying before about depression and anxiety kind of creating these false narratives in your mind and you listen to it and it becomes reality but not because it was true just because you're inadvertently listening to yourself say that these things aren't true it's the constant battle um because nobody can do anything with without their brain um and if it's not working for you if it's working actively against you you're basically it's prisoner um that's why like i uh, my current therapist who i hadn't seen for quite some time i i love her blunt candor um and she basically crossed her arms at me and and i was giving her my history and she's like with your bipolar stuff you never had a chance without the right medication and it was great to see to see that. But I never knew. I always thought I could get through it with, you know, CBT stuff. I like somebody who needs like someone who's diabetic and they need insulin or someone who needs um, blood pressure medication. I needed my medications to 
give me uh, a little strength to push back against my brain, which basically conquered my life. And to your point and what you have both talked about, um, in the same way that you can train your body physically, you can train your mind. You talked about it in a very intellectual way. There's a suit. There's a really easy way that people probably approach it and get it done all the time. Like the simple changing of a habit, like instead of like going to, one Kroger all the time, you're going to a Meyer all the time. It's a simple mental change. And it, like anything, uh, what do they say? You need two or three committed weeks towards it. And then to your point of, you look back and go, I was just telling myself I couldn't do this. No, you, you could do it. You just wouldn't do it. And when you stick your mind to it in the same way that you train your legs for a race, which I'm never going to run for you, I'll walk. Um, you can train your mind and do the same things. But sometimes, like me, I needed that, that crutch of the medication to get me to be able to do that stuff. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I mean, how much of that do you think is let, letting go of an ego? I don't really have that. Um, I mean, we all have an ego. But for me, it, it's always just been about, and this is what I share with people, and I probably told your mom this a year ago, like, nobody wants to wake up and feel shitty. Nobody wants to wake up and think, you know what? I'm going to have an awesome day at work. And I think afterwards I'm going to kill myself. Like that is a brain that is not working correctly. We all want to wake up and feel good. And as you have illustrated um, from where you have been to where you've gotten to, there are ways to feel better than what you might be feeling. Everybody wants to feel good. Nobody wants to feel bad. And that's always been my catalyst. Like I don't want to feel shitty. I do. But I don't want to feel this way. So what steps can I take to feel good? I I will say. Yeah, and I think. Yeah. Go ahead, Brad. Don't interrupt your routes. mom. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, <Tom>. <laughs> Why, thank you, son. Um, no, I mean, we, we talk about everything quite openly around the, the dinner table. I mean, it's, it's not just Christian, okay, and, and Brandon and what he's been through. If you look within your family, sometimes there is family history. Mm-hmm. So I would say to people, investigate your family history and understand if there is a pattern of behavior um, that could wreak havoc on the next generation. I mean, if I had really paid attention to my family history, I would have prepared my children, I think, a little better to understand that potentially this could happen to you and this is the things that we need to do. But because mental health was that dirty word, Mm -hmm. you don't talk about it. You don't talk about the fact that your great-grandmother was institutionalized or, you know, cousin, it was, you know, paranoid schizophrenic. You don't bring that up. It's just lurking in the background. And you sh- certainly don't think it's going to happen to a child that seems to be pretty upbeat, outgoing. Um, and yet, if you look back, um, yeah, he drank. Okay. He, and he drank quite a bit. But he was in the service and he was hanging out with his buddies in his, in his early 20s. And so you don't start to look at the behaviors but when you add several together and then on top of it you've got you know abuse of alcohol and then maybe a bad relationship and maybe you are stationed a long way from home it may not be that you've been deployed and it's a PTSD situation upon your return it can simply be that you're dealing with life and you're away from the people that would normally be there to support you. Your Brandon State, uh, sorry, Christian, where he was, is one of like the top three highest suicide rate states in the country for some of the obvious reasons. It's cold, it's dark, it's isolating. So um, it, he, it is. He's and- in a cauldron of, of depression and just a bad place, like geographically speaking. It, it is. I mean, you know, it, it's the good and bad of everywhere. Alaska is certainly a beautiful state when it has a beautiful day and there's sunlight. Um, you know, but the Department of Defense has recognized that there is a crisis right now among active military and that suicide rates are increasing. So they formed a special 
panel to go and investigate this. And there are nine different bases that they are looking at across the country um, that have high suicide rates to determine what specifically they think the problems might be there and then how they can address the problems. Well, of the nine, three of them are in Alaska. You know, um, that's the problem right there. It's a depressing place if you're not from there. And you're right, there are some beautiful days. But for months at a time in the middle of winter, you don't see sunlight. Mm. And in the same way that we all need our brains working and we are at the mercy of our brains, human beings need sunlight. And as many people have found out during COVID, um, as much as you might like to post memes saying, I hate people and I love my dog, uh, which is me, but we need other human beings. So. We do. And honestly, with the loss of Christian and then the things that Brandon was going through, you know, I always consider myself to be a pretty strong, outgoing person. And I started to become withdrawn and I started getting depressed about the things that I was having to deal with. But the one thing I knew um, was that I couldn't go down that road. And immediately, I started the argument within my own head. I mean, yeah, I went to a therapist. I'm not you know, somebody that wants to talk that away. I needed a therapist to help me figure out my thoughts because I certainly wasn't going to do anything drastic. But why am I visiting my son's grave? And the next thought in my head is, well, I could lay down here right now and I could be with him and I've got one left on the other side and I think he'll be fine because I've made enough money. And that's irrational thinking. Come on. You know, so snap out of it, Nikki. You know, find your new purpose. Get busy with it. I cannot change the past. I cannot change the fact that that day my son left. But what I can do is get off my behind and go help people. There's there's thousands of Christians out there. Mm-hmm. All right? I am a mom. I am driven to taking care of my kids. And I don't want any mother to feel the way I do. They shouldn't. And the children that are suffering need to know that you need to speak up and start telling people how you're really feeling inside. If it's not your parents, if it's not your friends, there is a new number, 988. Mm-hmm. And I say, dial 988 before we have to dial 911 because we don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. We don't. Brandon, final thoughts as we wrap up? Uh, yeah. Um, you know, just talking about Alaska and... Uh, kind of our our guys up there, you know, Christian was in a position where he was training really hard um, and was injured during his uh, training. And based on his qualifications that he had at the time, they were going to send him to... Um, a post where he could heal up. So he ended up in Alaska um, at the airborne base there. And what gets me the most is the fact that Christian, in the days that he left, we were living together. So I saw him every day up until he left for the army. And he was determined to make a better life for himself to achieve the most that he could and when those setbacks happen um you know we need to find the uh the mindset to not just persevere in those moments, but understand that they are just that, just take up in the movement of things. Everything is kind of temporary and there's always space to grow. There's always space to change. No situation that you're in right now will likely last forever. 
Uh, you know, things can be done and changed and we can cope and get to the end of the bad days and, you know, enjoy those up times. He couldn't move beyond the moment that he was living in and he didn't want to burden us um, with the way that he felt. So he kept it to himself. And that is the problem. Um, had he have said, I'm having a really rough time. I can't get home to you. Um, it, it's dark here and, and I'm getting really fed up. We would have got on a plane and been there. We never had that conversation because he didn't have it with us. Um, there's so many things that could have changed, but it was all within Christian. And that's the one thing that survivors uh, of suicide need to remember. Um, because as a mother, the guilt is overwhelming. I mean, if there's anybody in this world you're going to save, it's your child. And when you feel like you failed at that, um, it, it is a hard comeback. But you know what? You can. <laughs> you can. Um, it is not within our control, um, but we can choose to do something beyond that moment. And that moment does not define my son. It doesn't define who we are. And that's why we're going to have this race, which is very positive. And despite the fact that it's about mental health and suicide and remembrance of lost ones, it is also about hope and the future and what we can do to change it and influence others. And that's why we're sitting here with you today. So thank you. Nikki, Brandon, great visit. Brandon, great words. Um, thank you guys both for the time. Thank you, Eric. Thanks for having us, Eric. Yeah, Brandon, I'll see you next Saturday, okay? See you there. All right. Hello, is how this, are you? Is this my my gorgeous Arabic princess? This is your gorgeous Arabic friend, buddy, um, who I've missed terribly. I've missed you. I missed you too. I'm I'm sorry we haven't been able to do this. It has been uh, I've been busy, but like a really good busy, a very a very good busy. Well, that's great, but one of these days we have to have coffee. Oh, we haven't done that in a long time. I, I know. We haven't done that in years, and we always say that I we're going to... I know. I've given up on you and I having coffee because we've said it for we're years. We're going to do it. It'll happen. It's it, all about timing. If And plus, we, we've had so many crazy things going on astrologically. Everything's been sort of like in a flux with all the planetary influences, and we have other things coming up in September and October. It's crazy. So you wanted to catch up to tell everybody how awful things are going to be? Well, it's not that they're going to be awful, but the, the month of October, I, I know I'm a little bit ahead, but the end of You're October fine. through January, we have a big retrograde. But coming up, which is September 1st, today, September 10th, Mercury, the planet of communication, moves into retrograde. Retrograde means it goes into a sort of backwards motion. It breaks down communication, sort of like slippery stumbles, and things get a little tricky when it comes to words and actions and delivery. And also we have a Pisces full moon on September 10th in conjunction with this Mercury retrograde, which is retrograding in the sign of Libra. So people born under Aries, uh, uh, Taurus even, uh, uh Cancer, Capricorns need to be very, very careful of communication. And Mercury does rule Gemini and Virgo, so they as well need to be cautious when it comes to communication. So it's just coming up in a couple weeks, but we're going to, well, nine days, but we're going to feel it as of like maybe the 7th, because three, like a week before, the 3rd will be a week before, we start to feel the effects of this retrograde. So you really did come on to haunt everybody of ugly I'm astrological... I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. But it's not a bad transit. It just basically means that we have to be careful of what we say, how we say things, delivery, signing papers, agreements, things like that. And, you know, it's nothing major, but it is something that I... Because Mercury Retrograde is sort of like cookbook 101 astrology, because everybody that's learning astrology normally know they know about Mercury Retrograde. But it's not a big deal. It's just watching your words and being careful of, you know, agreements of any kind. So when we're outside of a retrograde, I can just like spew word vomit on anybody and not think before I speak, right? Well, 
kind of, sort of, but you do that anyway. <laughs> Stop it! I am, Stop it! I am usually very pensive and am measured in 94% of my measured. words. You are very introspective, and you're you're what we would call a deep, emotional, sensitive guy. You think before you say anything. In that regard, yes, but sensitive is something not many people would ever accuse me of. Can, can I? Oh, let, oh, they do not know you like I know you. I've known you for many, many years. Let they me, do not know you. Let me ask you a question that I asked my therapist recently, and maybe she was a, a little reluctant. I didn't ask for names. I just asked for general general instinct and, and anecdotes. Um, uh-huh. People are coming to you for answers and some clarity. Um, And I asked my therapist, is it me or, I mean, it's always been challenging to date, especially for somebody like like me. But I asked her, are you getting a lot of people who are having a lot of dating issues? Because the obvious would be people are pretty broken from from COVID. I mean, people were always a challenge, but some of the people that I have attempted to go out with here and there, like it. It's, I am more introverted and isolating than ever because sometimes it's just not worth the effort. Well, I I don't think it's you. I think that people in this society, especially during this time in our lives, it's a whole different process. You know, when I was younger, we dated, you know, I was, you know, your age and what have you. It was a little different than what it is now. There's so much access to the World Wide Web. You know, everything's so quick, fast, everything's accelerated. So when it comes to relationships, I just think people are so there. It's like going to a buffet. There's so much to choose from that you sort of like, no, you really don't know what you can't taste the actual food that you're eating. Now, I know that's a stupid analogy, but what I'm saying is there's so much out there. There's so much chaos that when it comes to the actual relationship, it, it's like it's not like you're on a one-on-one. If you were on an island with someone and you got to know them, you probably would have a better connection because it's there's so many distractions. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? You're not the problem. No, there's I, just I, I get it. All these, yeah, I know you love psychology. You love when I go into this deep psychological, philosophical stuff. But it's like it's like there's too many distractions to really get to know the person. And nowadays, everybody wants to jump into bed right away, and they don't really get to know the person's heart and their mind. I mean, you know, as long as you have quick access to the body, what the heck? Why do I have to worry about the rest of it? So there's, it's just a whole different process. It's different, and it's challenging and frustrating. And is it, the word yeah. I've been using is it's made me very despondent and disinterested. Not disinterested, but despondent and sullen when it comes to um, wanting or trying to date. Exactly. I get that. But I also think you're in a, and I'm going to say this to you as a friend, you're an unusually unique person in a good way. You just need somebody who's going to be on the same frequency that you're on. And these other people that you've drawn into your life, we're on a different frequency altogether. The initial, because you're good looking, so they're going <laughs> to be attracted to that. You're good looking. You're adorable. Split. But, but they're going to be attracted to you initially. But then once you kind of get into the relationship, you realize they're not feeding your soul. Right. You might be feeding their soul. But there's something that's just kind of vacant there. And, and I think that has a lot to do with it. I just see that you're just very particular. I am. And I know that. I am. I am. And you're, you're, you're like that about friends. You're like yep. that about life and what you eat and, and your coffee. Even your coffee, you have to have what? Black. Two pumps of no, sugar-free. No. I bailed on that. It was, it was, it was disrupting my stomach. But you're, you're right. You're right. And there's, there's good things and bad things about knowing what you want and routines because as – Yes. You know, people, therapists, my dad, other friends of counsel say, look, it, it's good to know what you like, but don't yes. lean into them so hard where you develop bad habits and we don't see you for months at a time. And it's a, it's a, it's a challenge. It is a real tough balance. Like, can I give you an example? Yes. Last weekend, I kind of vanished. Like I, I do a little bingey thing on, on like one weekend night. It was Friday night. And then I really just sleep all Saturday is a series of naps. And I had plans on Sunday to go to uh, the Jazz Fest. I had Sunday, I was up at five. That's the good thing. I get up at like 4.30 the day after my wow. naps. And I, I have total freedom. 
But um, my I think it was just my brain getting to me. I had no interest in actually going to that jazz fest. I, I was telling myself like, you know, it's nice, great venue and everything, but it's probably not going to be as much as you're making it out to be. So I, I talk myself out of things. And that's something that I, I just actually reached out to my doctor. I went to, uh, I'm doubling one of my medications and hopefully that will correct some of the, well, why bother that I have going on? But um, it, it, it it's a balance where I, I teeter on some unhealthy habits and I have to make sure that while they can be fulfilling, I don't let them consume my life. And I've done a pretty good job of that as, a, as an adult. But you do get out, though. That's the thing. You do get out. But the also, the other thing is you're comfortable in isolation. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? There's nothing wrong with being comfortable feeling isolated. Not to the point where you want to completely, you know, get yourself, like, become a Howard Hughes type either. And that's nothing like that. But he, was you're very, very, he was very rich and eccentric. I would take Howard Hughes. Well, you're very, you know, and the funny part is, though, you know, Eric, this is something I've always said. People see me in the media, the radio, but I'm actually a, a very social introvert. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to, I love being alone. We, You and I have talked about that. This is why I we get along. It. I know. I love it. And I think that when you're like that, but you can't get to the point where it bothers you so much, where you start to think, oh my God, I'm really doggone a defective. You're not. It's not defectiveness. just trying to fine tune it a little bit. Yeah. I, I, it's a razor's edge that I have to balance myself on. Like I, sometimes I think I should give myself a long weekend, but, and this weekend will be a long weekend, but by like Monday at like 11 AM after I've gone to the gym and had coffee and knocked out a little bit of work, I'd be like, shit, I'm bored. And this is why I don't need days off. Cause as, as Barry likes to say, an empty mind is the devil's playground. Well, to some degree, but you fill it with your little doggies, and you fill it with other recreation and friends. But you do need you do need to force yourself force yourself sometimes to just step outside of your comfort zone yep. into because this is your norm. You need to get into something where you're outside of that comfort zone just once in a while, taking a chance yep. and trying something a little different. Once a week, try something, one little thing that's outside of your comfort zone. It's good advice. It's good advice. And yeah. maybe I have been doing that. And that's why I feel like I've earned some of my weekend activities because of some of those things that I told you that it has been keeping me really busy where I'm fortunate oh, yeah. where I don't have a job that is grueling and I can give myself to other places. And in some ways like this right now, like this, this is, this is, this might fill the bucket of socializing for me. Yes. And you, and the funny part about that is even though you're an introvert, you're so well liked and admired by so many people. So people that, you know, that are a lot, I would say, like us, you know, they, they I don't know, I think they kind of get it, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I don't think that's such a bad thing. All right. Um, you gave us some doom and gloom or some 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 caution. Um, I reached out to some people and they were interested in getting some quick readings. Can we run through those? Sure. You were asking about Gina, born September 9. She found a new hobby of singing and is wondering if she has a chance to make money out of it. Well... You know, when I, I I don't know her time of birth. From what I can tell, she is a she's very good at whatever she does. This is a girl who's creative. She's very uh, artsy in every aspect of the word. She's probably very attractive, very good at anything that develops that could be creativity. And she's also extremely motivated. So she's a double Virgo, but her energy, which is how she comes across as Aries retrograde which means she puts her mind to something man she can do it now can she make money out of it you have to start slow you have to start getting yourself into different arenas and areas where you can develop it and once you do that then you can kind of go from there and then see if it's something you want to do coming up march 2023 through 2025 gina you're going to be going through a shift in your career at that time so that could be when you start to launch this and kind of like move outside of that comfort zone of what you're doing now into something like that. But you really have to kind of plan accordingly and take the other little steps to get to where you want to go. But yes, if you are, if it's something you love, if passion with, with your job, money will follow. You can help. And then me. we have Mark. Go ahead. Who is I'm sorry. A, 
Go ahead. What were you going to say? Go go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Don't worry about me. I'm interrupting you. You love that when I interrupt you because I did it all the time on air before. I was just going to say, hold on. Now I'm going to yell. Oh. I, I'm, I'm just going to say, uh, Gina could connect with you because you are you have done your own business for a very long time, and you probably have a lot of years. savvy business advice. Yes, um, she can call me at the office at four one nine eight eight two fifty five ten. And once we get your time of birth, Gina, we can really see where all the planets fall in sync into your chart. Because without the time of birth, you can I can tell pretty much. I can see I can see your ear, but I can't see your face. So the time of birth gives me a face. It'll tell me where everything falls into your house of creativity and money and all that. It's just very amazing. But but yeah. Okay. So um, does that make sense? Yes, a hundred percent. Okay. All right. So we're also looking at is it is it Steph? Yes. Uh, that that Steph is a is like talking- like Stephanie. Stephanie, she is talking about her food truck business booming. Wow, you should join me at my event on October 23rd. Um, But anyway, um, I would say should she leave her regular job? Well, if your food truck business is booming and you're doing very well, that is kind of a no-brainer to some degree. I would say it sounds like you really could do very well with that. And if it's your passion, definitely. Although I would caution her not to make any big changes just yet uh, because we have this retrograde thingy coming up and it makes me a little nervous. So to, to say, yeah, yeah, go ahead, make a change, do it, quit your day job. I would wait till after spring of next year to do that if she could possibly do that. Okay. I don't think I would make any changes just yet. This retrograde coming up October 30th through January 15th is a crazy one. So honestly, my 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 theory about that is uh, I'm kind of going just give it a little time. Don't jump in. Don't jump ship just yet. Okay. I wonder what kind of food truck it is. Uh, I'm not sure. Wouldn't we both want to know that? I don't know. I mean, I, food truck. I, I am fascinated by the food truck period we're going through because there's so many, and I wonder if at yeah. some point there will be too many. Um, yeah. Or well, if she gets out on the ground floor, it's not a bad idea. Unless she has like a taco truck, like th- there's a million of those. So unless yeah. you've got like oh, yeah. a special hook, you're jumping into a pool where there's already a lot of people. Yeah, but I think she would be successful. The way her chart is, as I'm looking at her chart, this. This is a very dynamic person. She almost has a stellar chart. She is born under Capricorn, but man, oh man, I have never seen someone with such a successful chart like this. And she also started to go through changes in her career, work, and job way back in December of 2020. She's going through her Saturn return. We've talked about that, you and I, numerous times, Eric, that when a person goes through that life cycle change at the age of 26 and a half, 27 to 30, they're... This is you're embarking on your 30 year journey. This is an amazing period. And her gift of smarts when it comes to work, career, job, all of that, she attracts people very easily. And people are drawn to her, not only in business, but she probably gives quality work. Mm-hmm. I mean, with anything she does. So my thought would be, you know, if you can wait till next January or February of 2023 to let go of your job, go ahead and do it. But I would really, um, I would wait till next year because it's going to be chaotic this year with food supplies and all this. And I mean, with this retrograde shipping and everything else, I would just be really careful to make a big move just yet. Okay. What else? Mark is born under the sign of October 31st, Halloween Day. And Mark is asking about a partner. um, And she is born uh, May 8th of 87. So he wants to know if this relationship is going to work it work out, uh, was married, if several delays in March, things aren't working out, is it over? So I'm, I'm looking at these two people as, I'm going to be very honest with Mark, and I hope he doesn't get mad at me, but they, they are like a train wreck, the two of these people together. This relationship, I would have never put my thumbs up about them you know getting together the chemistry was there but mark has to work on his delivery his delivery sucks i mean this is a guy who's always drawn people into his life that have not always been the best for him and you know how i am about mommy daddy stuff yeah what the heck was this with his mother 
He has some psychological stuff going on with his mother. And so he draws women into his life that challenge him, don't know what to do with him. She can be very self-absorbed, but she's not a bad person. He is like all over the map. He is Scorpio with Aries and Gemini and Leo. So he's like a big ambrosia salad, man. He's like, he has so many different compartments going on here. So many different ingredients to his personality. It's like you never know who's going to show up from one day to the other. He has a great sense of humor. He's funny. I hope he's in law because he likes to debate and argue with everybody. Um, but I would honestly say this is a, I don't think it's an easy relationship. And I, I just, I don't think it's all her. I think it's him. I think his delivery is not great. She doesn't know what to do with him. They do not communicate. All they have together is a lot of chemistry and an emotional bond. Other than that, this is difficult. I mean, that's what I'm seeing. Well, it seems like he had some doubt from the outset, with, and they kept having delays, and maybe that was just yeah. logistics and details, getting things scheduled, but it seems like his instincts were uh, were on right. Um, thank you for, for... I'm sorry it took so long to catch up. It has been... That's okay. We'll do this again. Let me know when. My number at the office is 419-882-5510. If any of you guys want to call me, and also, we have a psychic event October 23rd at the premiere on yes. Heatherdown. You better be there, Eric. I uh, will beat your butt. It's a, it's a Sunday, right? It's a Sunday. You have to show up. Just say hi, and there's going to be food trucks and everything out there. Wait, wait a second. You so said, I hope, did you say the... Tw- I, I hope you can make it. Did you say the 23rd? October 23rd on Sunday. And I'm also now writing oh, it's October. for the city paper, too. I wanted to let you know that. Oh, good. Well, hope is it because like they basically, they, they should name the astrologer, the city paper's Best of Toledo Astrologer Award should be named after you. I know. I Really? Seriously, I've been in this for like 200 years. Yep. Absolutely. Um, all right. Um, thank you. We and- will catch up soon. Text me. Uh, love you to death, and I will talk with you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye.